Hi everybody, welcome to Lofty Darwinism. Uh, we are here with my uh, friend and political consultant, master of many traits actually, uh, and many uh, different things, Ben Eisenberg. Uh, ben, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hey Ben. Hey Darwin. I, I think that was a pretty good introduction. I would say Ben uh, gets a lot of different things done. I, what can I? I mean, North Korea being the most one of the more interesting facts about like few people I know have ever even visited that country, and uh, Ben has. So, if nothing else, he will have that on many of us. Yeah, and uh, I think that's perfectly applicable to the healthcare conversation, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think relevant to healthcare is probably the fact that. I, I've worked on, run, managed, or consulted for probably 80 political campaigns from municipal up to federal, and now I'm um, doing some international consulting. Um, so I have a background in politics, and I know Matt from GW's Graduate School of Political Management, where, you know, in spite of his doing real estate and tennis, he actually has a master's degree in running political campaigns. <laughs> it's true. So, Okay. Let's jump right in then. Um, the Republicans have just unveiled their repeal and replace health care bill. Who are the winners and losers in this, this bill? Republicans are the losers. It's basically they, they're going to be forced to accept Obamacare uh, scaled back. Some want to rebrand it Trump care. Others want to do their damnedest so that Donald Trump has no legacy. But Republicans on all sides hate it, um, so I don't think that plan is going to fly, even though it was the Republican plan. Um, so I think they, they're going to wind up keeping most of it intact because they're going to realize that if you get rid of the individual mandate, uh, you lose all sorts of other stuff, and people are going to get pretty upset when their health insurance goes up $10,000 a year. Um so I, I think there are enough Republicans who have common sense that they're going to back off of it to claim victory. So on the individual mandate front, they've replaced it with what they've called a continuous coverage clause, um, which is a really steep penalty for not for losing your coverage, essentially, um, which is supposed to have the same effect as the individual mandate. They're going to very quickly realize, Matt, that that basically people who are out will be penalized for going in. So there's no incentive to get those people who aren't insured onto the rolls. If you don't have insurance, you're better off staying without it. Otherwise, Republicans will penalize you. Like there's the opposite a, of Democrats saying, if you don't have insurance, you have to pay a fine. Well, okay, let me, let me jump two in here. Up, yeah. uh, okay. The, uh, to me, I, I kind of posed the winners and losers debate because, honestly, there is one – clear winner in this bill and that winner is Barack Obama because this is just <laughs> such a a mind-boggling display as someone who is very interested in taking a privatized libertarian approach to things this bill is an absolute it, it, it is a complete just 180 on anything approaching libertarianism. If Obamacare was many shades away from single payer, this is nothing even approaching a free market system. This is this is literally Obamacare only dumber. Like, like that's that's all you have in this bill. The Affordable Care Act, which before it was Obamacare was Romney Care, came out of the Heritage Foundation in the 90s. It was a conservative idea 
to have an individual mandate where everyone has to purchase health insurance and be responsible for themselves. That was what the Republican governor of Massachusetts implemented, and it was successful, and that was the conservative gold standard. Democrats want single-payer, but the problem is, you know, Obama said we're never going to get single-payer, and he started from a premise of, okay, let's take a Republican idea because they can't fight it, having no real idea how they would fight tooth and nail against it just because it was Obama. Well, but, okay, and, and well, the reason... It, it, it's really a conservative idea, and, and that's the thing, is minor tweaks will, will allow them to call it a conservative idea. Heritage said, oh, yeah, we were wrong about it. But no, it's the gold standard of conservative ideas already, so they're going to come back to it. The, the new plan, you know, they have no good ideas last night. Well, okay, so that is to me why Barack Obama is the clear winner winner in this because they in one fell swoop have put single payer on the table in a big way. And the reason is because as you mentioned, Ben, the initial conservative ethos was very much what Obamacare ended up resembling. And the new bill does not change any of the goalposts. And the fundamental truth is that if you want a free market system, you have to change the goalposts and you have to take a completely, completely ground up approach to the entire healthcare system. What is clear is that this bill reflects the protests that have been happening. They're keeping the popular parts and changing the unpopular parts to a more conservative bent in a way that is boneheaded. And it's very blatantly boneheaded to everyone. No one likes this. No one thinks it's good. That's because they cannibalized all of their own best ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Everything that was workable is in there. Well, can I take one contrary view to this? I actually think the good thing about Obamacare is what we won't know. uh, Like, they they said, oh, it's 2,000-something pages. Well, a big chunk of those pages were what I'll call them what they would call innovation incentives, right? Ways for the healthcare system to provide better care to people for better health outcomes to change some of the incentives um, for like on the ground change. The real qu- and those were really thought through by Democratic policymakers, Republican policymakers. Like behind the scenes, the stuff that didn't get argued about were a lot of little changes to how healthcare can be delivered in this country that were pretty damn useful. Um, they're slowly becoming played. They're slowly playing out now. The question will be, do those stay in the Republican plan or they just start gutting ideas because they were Obama's ideas? But before they were Obama's ideas, they were Republican ideas. And that's what I'm saying is they're just going to change right. the frame and claim it as conservative but keep it right. the same. Right. And I think but on top of that, they tend to like to screw over the consumer. Um, so, you know, it just, it seems like they, they like to gut pointless regulations. They've already gone after what financial advisors. Why is it a bad idea to not allow me in Colorado to buy my insurance in Wyoming if it's cheaper? Why is it a bad idea to open it up across state lines and not just have 50 different state exchanges? Because the insurance markets have to make deals with hospitals to accept patients and pay those prices. Um, each state's regular, like it's essentially a race to the bottom in one situation. And unless like in the long run, maybe it could work, but it would take years for one state to become so dominant that they had coverage across the entire country. Essentially what you're having happen there is a competitive race to a single state controlling what healthcare costs mean in this country. The same way like South Dakota has credit cards, right? Well, Um, okay. Only even crazier. 
You're right that it would take several years, and so that is an opening to me to paint the view of what a successful conservative plan could look like. Number one, it would take a while. And we do not have the political makeup in Congress, I think, to make a free market healthcare plan workable any more than we have in the current Congress a healthcare uh, single payer as a feasible issue either, because it would require patience, it re would require a great deal of sacrifice, and it would require honestly going into places that we don't know. But the way that it would work, if they wanted to try it, would be number one, opening it up across state lines in a slow rollout, such that you don't just rattle the markets, because that's really what's at issue here, is the uncertainty over healthcare has led to all of us being in these high-risk pools that are not profitable, and the subsidies are putting market distortions into the healthcare services at a grotesque rate that no checks and balances are offsetting, including Obamacare, well, and especially we, including the new plan. Can, well, <laughs> can we just talk about the, the dreaded public option or Medicare and Medicaid buy-ins as a public option? I mean... Those aren't single payer. They're the road to potential long term single payer. There are a lot of Republican senators and governors that like the Medicaid expansion and are going to fight tooth and nail if they right. try to get rid of it. Right. And I'm saying, like, so if you just added a Medicare opt in buy into 800% of poverty, right, where you could buy into Medicaid and you could buy into Medicare at 50 and older, you would potentially save both systems financial solvency for the long term, right? You'd be adding a healthier population than the older group that's on Medicare already, at least slightly, who'd be paying higher premiums, and you'd be adding people who have money to a system, more money to pay into a system that doesn't have a lot. And, and you know, there's just so many ways that we could already be fixing this that we're not. Um, and we, if we, we're also changing the path. They don't care about the outcome. They care yeah. about being able to tell their constituents that they got rid of it because for Republican constituents, that's a really big issue. Do they pay a price for that? Yeah. Ever? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And because the – the, the single-payer issue is now on the table in the form of Medicaid. That is where single-payer is going to come from. By expanding Medicaid slowly, you're basically opening the doors for 2020 to be an election where expanding Medicaid to include more and more people becomes more of an issue. And we're going to just start chipping away at the uninsured by expanding Medicaid and adding exceptions and adding more and more people, and eventually we're just going to say that single-payer is the only way out of this mess. That's the only way out of the mess that this bill would create, and it's, it's a travesty. Why is having single-payer a travesty? Okay, well, the, it's, it's not in comparison to the current system necessarily, but it's also not <laughs> ideal. And it, it's also um, frustrating that we're missing an opportunity to reconsider our entire relationship with healthcare services. Now, it would be a complex solution to find a free market alternative because there's an inherent contradiction that puts a series of sick people into the healthcare industry able to pay for their material goods for their sicknesses 
without putting the rest of us into those same high-risk pools. So that's the entire concept behind the mandate, and that's the entire concept behind single-payer. And the only way you get around that in a free market system is to really go on the attack against the entire financing structure that we have under the healthcare system because hospitals charge too much, prescription drug price prices are too high, the market distortions have put healthcare hilariously beyond the reach I, of all three of can us. Can I make an argument it, on that, Darwin, that I think prescription drug prices should be incredibly high in a lot of ways and that because we, we can do so much more with just basic nutrition for people? Like... The argument against using drugs for everything and making them incredibly expensive is that there's a vast number of illnesses which we reach for drugs for, which are unnecessary, so the more expensive they are, like the more we have to look to alternatives. If you have, if diabetes medication costs a ton of money, but you could go on a ketogenic diet and solve it, you know, I think that's, you know, like there's a bunch of these basic basic metabolic diseases that are like through sedentary lifestyle and poor diet and that are creeping up and causing tons of money to our system and people are making tons of money uh, servicing these chronic ailments that could be fixed through preventative measures right and just better health like other you know better health care like you know better lifestyle like if we focused on that we, we get the different like then we can have higher price for drugs. I think any system that makes it harder for people to get drugs is a bad system. I think you can do the uh, the palliative care and the risk reduction and teaching people to eat better and live healthier. You can do all of that simultaneously, but making it more expensive for people to get diabetes medicine is not the way to fix the problem. Uh, but what? Okay, but why are we sitting there through every NFL game and an MLB game and like listen, having these companies advertise to us for things we that have as many side effects as they do cures for very preventable crazy diseases? Like, why is that the system we're in for our prescription drugs? Right? Like, I you know like I don't think those things should be affordable, and I don't think we should be being bought. Like, that's a, maybe it's a different part of the problem, but I think it's wrapped up in it. Well, we really have like we to are look looking, the entire... Okay. They're also uh, the, not affordable for a lot of them. Like, so the, the one that you see a lot of uh, is the there's a new drug that kills hepatitis C. But that costs like $100,000. So it's not accessible to most people. Unless, yeah, right. And, 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 and that fundamentally is the issue with single payer when you bring all of these drugs under and, and healthcare services in general under one gigantic umbrella accountable really to nobody, you allow those market distortions to just essentially run rampant and it, it's not a sustainable system to me. Is it a better and morally superior system to the one the GOP has proposed? Yes. But – Wait, you don't think that a single-payer system would bring down the price of drugs? Um, it, it could. It could in a lot of ways. But I also think it would bring down the innovation of drugs because uh, he, here's, here's the point that I want to make. That's probably more true. The, 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 it is extremely expensive to bring a drug to market and we have to look at the supply chain. The fact that it costs a billion dollars to bring a new drug to market is the problem and it shouldn't cost that much. 
It's expensive, I grant you, and it's extremely risky, and there's a lot that goes into it. Nevertheless, if you want a supply-side economics reading of the healthcare system, you have to look at the fact that the people bringing the services to us are bringing it to us in a way that is extremely, extremely expensive for them. We're paying the cost for that. You have to address that, and you have to address it in an aggressive way, and nobody's talking about that right now. Or do we need to innovate differently? Why do we want a supply-side economic solution? Why is healthcare an industry that anyone should be profiting in other than, you know, new innovation? And there can be government subsidies and grants for new innovation around drugs, but we have a responsibility to provide healthcare to all of our citizens. Taking the profit out of it is the solution, not making it free market so that people can make more money on it. Well, because honestly, the real healthcare solutions of the future are going to cost and such an insane amount of money in order to bring to market. You're talking about investments that are being made right now in growing organs to, replete, to, to, to repair the body. Just recently, they made a discovery on how to reheat frozen organs that could transform the organ donor market. The cures for cancer, cure for Alzheimer's, cure for so many diseases are very far away, but are within grasp, but they require such an investment that we should really be looking to the private market to take the lead, because it would be prohibitively expensive. Additionally, it would not necessarily be innovative to allow the government to take the lead on all of that. It's not necessarily just a money problem. It's an ideas problem. That's where the free market can serve us the best, is bringing new ideas to the to us in the future. The problem right now is well, that then, what they brought to market is good, but it's way, way, way too expensive. Well, then what if we're doing a better job on the like procurement side from the government? Like The way we're procuring spy innovations and drone innovations and technological innovations through a multiple bid process, essentially, why isn't that being done for drugs? Why would that not work? Why if twenty-five, why why if five different companies are working on this on different ideas? Is that not enough mixture of ideas as opposed to, God, I have to make my shareholders happy through billions of dollars taken out of sick people off the bat? Like I think you could get innovation in a different way um, through, and you could have free market, you know, companies could be profitable going for government procurement grants all the time in this industry. It happens across industries, right? There are companies that just make money off government procurement projects for new ideas, just totally spec like DARPA and everything else. Why wouldn't that work for drugs? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you really, other than I think it might. I don't have an answer either, but what I would say is that you're entering into a world in which every element of the entire chain from the development of the drug to the ratification of the drug by the FDA to the prescription of the drug by doctors to the ingestion of the drugs by patients and every other healthcare service is tightly regulated and heavily influenced and extremely uncertain with the government. and. The regulatory regime that that encapsulates is not a, a fertile ground for innovation. So you can have right. five different companies competing against each other, but if they're all pursuing the same narrow line of ideas, you're not setting the ground for innovation. So I would argue that right. we are not in a free market system right now. We weren't before Obamacare, and we certainly wouldn't be after the GOP bill. Can I argue there's no such thing as a free market? It's a crazy mythical unicorn that you just decide oh, sure. to not yeah, realize. Like, 
I mean, like, we... The only thing free about a market is, like, a market is, like, a couple of axes that are the rules that make the market happen. And everything inside of it is, it like, is bound by those constraints. Like, there's nothing free about it. Like, there's just, it can go different places. I don't but know. how yeah, can I, we, sorry. why is it that we can all pay seven ninety nine a month for Netflix and see these gigantic multi-million dollar shows come year after year where we're basically all in a high-risk entertainment pool? Why have we figured out entertainment as a medium and yet we are, we are struggling to get everybody enrolled into healthcare? We're not enrolling enough people into healthcare to have the same functional equivalent where we're all paying a little bit in and the people who need it most are getting a lot out. That is financially feasible, but we're not right there right now. Yeah, we're paying more per cap we're paying more per capita than any other country in the world. So it's not that we're not paying enough. You know, like I And now we're back to Donald Trump. Why is he like how how did he not know it was this complicated people? How did he not know? And is he going to pay for it? Is he going to pay for it in 2018? He didn't expect to win. It, it was a marketing thing. Uh, maybe. I, I think, I mean, I can't tell Ben when I go through that line of reasoning whether I want that to be true or whether it's true. At the very beginning, at a certain point, they realized that they could use the Russians as an independent expenditure campaign and actively alter the outcome. And from there... You know, it was just a game. But, no, I don't think originally he thought that he could win. I think he just wanted to boost his ratings. And so does that mean he's going to give them what – I mean, then who gets what they want out of health care? Single payer. I, honestly, at this point, it's just a it's it's just a matter of time before single payer happens now. The, they, the GOP has already killed themselves, even if they don't pass the bill. They, they, they've, they've set the goalpost now where it's not Obamacare versus no Obamacare. It's Obamacare versus something that actually works. And the only solution that's going to gain political traction is going to be single-payer. But I, I think they're going to make minor tweaks to Obamacare and claim frame it in conservative values and claim victory. I mean, it, it, so if you, so, then, Ben, let's can we step this out politically? Would you run a campaign for— How many— people in rural America. You've been seeing all of those memes and all of those articles about people who hate Obamacare and like the Affordable Care Act, and we're shocked when the Affordable Care Act is going to go away. Yeah. It's a branding problem. People who hate Obamacare still want health care. It's, it's a conservative idea to begin with. They're going to tweak it and, and call it the conservative solution. Hey, we fixed it. Right. So, so that's so. My question is: If you're a Democrat and you're running, a, you know, do the Democrats run 2018? We want a public option. They didn't fix it. 2018. We want single payer. They didn't. 2020. We want single payer. They didn't fix it. This is bullshit. We can do better. They didn't fix it. Like, is that a is that a message or what? Are we, like, or are we just gonna like everyone's gonna go? All right. Uh, Democrats are confident enough to do that. I'd like you know be nice but that's some so, so then i think then i think that then i think ben you don't believe that we are headed down that road that darwin thinks we're headed down towards single payer who what who pushes the single payer darwin where's the impetus who what interest group wants it bad enough to push it through our system 
Well, okay. First of all, I don't think it necessarily gets called single payer at first. But okay. are you telling me that if if Elizabeth Warren ran for president in 2020 and said, "Look, your premiums have gone up. Whether they pass this bill or not, it's going to happen. Your premiums have gone up 400 percent since Trump took office. Now we could just subsidize." the exchanges, but we all know that's failing. What I'm proposing is that we expand Medicaid for four times the poverty line. Who's going to say that? Where's that going to Elizabeth come from? Warren. That's, so you're telling or me Al she Franken. wouldn't do that. Or Al Franken. Or guess what? All of them. All of the Democrats. That's, I that's think you're going to say I, Medicare buy-in. Medicaid buy-in. Like public mm-hmm. option. I think they might bring back the public option fight. Because it's not directly socialism in like a traditional sense, but it is saying, you know, a public option buy buy into our system, Medicare, Medicaid. Like, I don't know. that That's how that's how I would frame it. So I don't know what they'll I mean, choose. Bur- like, Bernie they Sanders may be like, created a, a, a populist socialist platform and very nearly won the Democratic nomination. We should not discount a socialist agenda as being the Democrats' 2020 platform. And that 